Welcome to the Revel This Podcast. I'm Rhonda, and I am so happy that you're here. So what does it mean to revel something? Well, definition says it means to take great pleasure in, not just pleased or even excited, but overwhelmed by joy over something. And that's what I hope you get out of each and every episode as we discuss all things pertaining to faith, that you would begin to be overwhelmed with excitement and joy about the things of God. So here we go. Let's revel this together. So I was going to record a completely different episode today, and as I was putting it together, it just wasn't coming together. You ever have that in your life where you think that you want to talk about something or put something in motion, and it's just like putting a square peg into a round hole? And it's not like what I was going to talk about was something that God wouldn't want me to possibly talk about. In fact, I feel like I've tabled it for now, and I might come back to that episode another time. But it just felt like, that's not the episode you want me to do right now, is it, God, at the end of the year, before we go into the new year? So I took a day to kind of wrestle with, all right, what is it? What, What am I supposed to talk about here? And I read something out of my devotional from Lisa Turkhurst that it hit me. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to talk about with you. And it was a devotional that was titled, Stop Reading Your Bible. (laughs) And you're thinking, what is she talking about? Where is she going with this? Yes, this episode, episode three, the last one of the year is literally Stop Reading Your Bible. You may be thinking, I thought this was a Christian podcast. It still is. This is something that has been pressed on me by God in the last couple of years. And and she hit the nail on the head when she described what it looked like in her life for her to finally start recognizing that the Bible was more than just a bunch of words on a page to describe the history of God. It was actually a love letter from God to us. You know, we're entering into that new year where there's always this huge push to do the one-year Bible challenge. And not that that's a bad thing if you are someone who's done it, or maybe you do it every year. It's a great thing. I've never been able to complete it, to be honest with you, uh, to do the Bible challenge in one year. I've tried it. In fact, as a newbie Christian years and years ago, I, I heard of this concept. I'm like, oh, and there's actually a Bible that you can buy that's called One Year Bible. And I remember someone buying it for me, gifting it to me. And as I tried to go through it, it it became this sort of a to-do list in my day of, okay, so we're going to jump from the Old Testament, we're going to read a little couple chapters here, and then we're going to jump to New Testament, and then it's going to go to Psalms or Proverbs in between. But what it became for me was just this sort of stressful experience, because I remember getting behind on it and feeling like, okay, now I'm behind and I'm supposed to be this far along on this day. And you know now it's turning into read your Bible in not just 365 days, but maybe 425 days. And then it kept getting pushed further and further. I don't know that I really got a whole lot out of trying to do that. So probably somewhere around March of that year, I stopped. I got to admit, I felt like a failure. I thought, oh, how come everybody else is able to do this and I'm not? But not only that, I felt like it was just way too structured for me, so it didn't work for me. But being a rule follower, I remember also as a newbie Christian trying and learning, oh, okay, this is what Christians do in the morning. You get up, you pray, you read your Bible, you journal. So I remember turning my Bible reading experience then into, you add it to your to-do list, read Bible, journal, check. 
And trying to look for a fresh word of encouragement every day in the small perimeter of time that I would set aside to try to get that done, I don't know. Again, that wasn't working for me. But I remember feeling like, oh, I would sit in circles with other Christians or talk with people, and I just felt like, gosh, they know their Bible so much better than I do. I always felt like the one who was in the room going, I don't know that I'm getting that much out of my Bible reading as you. Wow, you you seem to be really connecting with God. Or some of the stories people would talk about, I'm like, I always felt like, I don't know that I remember that story in the Bible. I don't know that I remember that guy that you're talking about in that story. I mean, I knew the basic main stories in the Bible, but some of those, those other niche stories that you're like, nah, I, don't, I don't know that I really do know the difference between Elijah and Elisha. <laughs> And you ever felt that way? You just felt like, I don't know, I'm reading my Bible, but I don't know that I'm getting out of this what you are. And if you hand me a book like First Kings or Second Kings, it was like, this seems like the most boring book of the Bible. <laughs> it's all about kings and their rulings and how they were either good kings or they were bad kings and how it affected the people. But it just felt like a bunch of ancient stories. And I turned it into a way that I thought was going to help me to learn about God more by learning these stories better, the who's who of the Bible, but I wasn't really letting it connect me to God. In fact, if anything, I can honestly say some of those years of struggling to read my Bible in those ways were probably distancing me from God. I think a lot of times I would leave my Bible, walk away from it and go, that's some crazy stories, God. Like, I don't know that I understand what's going on there or why you would do that. Or it doesn't make sense to me what happened. But I'll say a couple years ago, God took me on this journey and encouraged me to stop reading my Bible. And what I mean by that, it's like he took me aside and said, because you're looking to learn of the knowledge of who I am in the way that you're doing it, it's become a to-do list for you as a Christian, but you're actually not learning who I am. It's like you could have your favorite artist, whether they be a singer or an actor or maybe a sports player, and you can know all the stats and all the things about that person. You can know every song they ever wrote. You can know the meanings behind the songs. You could know where they wrote the song, who the song was about, or you know, if it's a sports player, all the, the records that they broke and every team they ever played for, actor, movies, every movie they've starred in, how they got their start, where they grew up. And you can feel like you really know somebody just by knowing the stats of them. But in reality, you don't know them at all. You don't know the first thing about who they are, what they think, how they operate, what they believe, how they treat people, how they love. Contrast that to a close friend that you have or a family member where you feel like they know me. There's no pretending like I'm somebody different around them. They know what I'm thinking before I say it. They know how I operate. They know what I believe. They know what I'm passionate about. They know me. There's a comfortability there with that person. That's what God was showing me. It's the difference between me knowing him like somebody famous afar that I admire that I know a lot of things about versus really knowing that person. And there's a lot of different ways you can get to know God, obviously through prayer and spending time and talking with him and walking with the Lord and letting him guide your life. But I think I thought of the Bible reading part of it as more the instructional manual. This is the part where I read this stuff so I understand things. And God was like, no, 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 no. That's the part you really get to know me. These stories in the Bible aren't just history stories of the story of God and how he worked in ancient times and how he brought about Jesus to this earth and what is to come. Yes, that's part of it. 
And I'm not saying it's not a good thing to study your Bible in that way. I have study Bibles. I have commentary, study commentary that I follow. I have a couple apps on my phone that are really great at looking up keywords and understanding the context of things. But that's Bible study time. I just think that needs to be separate from Bible reading time. When you're reading, quote unquote, reading your Bible, I don't look at it the same way anymore. God has completely changed that for me in the last couple of years. It's almost like he had to teach me to unlearn in order to learn. Unlearn what? Well, the legalism that I've put into reading my Bible, the way I've put it on a to-do list for my day or my year, or even just the religiosity, the things that have crept into my belief and my faith system based on coming from a background of religion, if you will. I needed to start reading my Bible as as getting the inside conversation of who God is, what He thinks, how He operates, how He doesn't operate, how He loves. I needed to start going through my Bible in a different way. Instead of reading it, spending time with it. What I mean by that is when you spend time with something or somebody, you sit with them, you listen to them, you dissect what they say, you pay attention to what they don't say. And you think about maybe the conversation even later. I felt like bringing that attitude to sitting with my Bible was different. I used to think you had to go through at least a page or two of your Bible a day to consider yourself, oh yeah, I read my Bible today. But that was a whole nother thing. I felt like I was saying, yeah, no, what if I want to just show you one thing? What if it's just a verse? What if it's just a word? What if it's something that is just really intriguing to you about me and something that I've done in the past through someone else? And what if you sit on that for a bit? What if you stare off at the wall or into space and just think about what you just saw? What if you look that up? Go look it up. That's fine. It's fine to look up commentary, but you look it up going, I want to think on this some more, revel in this some more. What if you start reading it, looking at it as a whole story of the character of who I am? So I don't know if you're catching what I'm saying, if it's making sense, but I will say it took many, many, many days of me sitting down saying, okay, God, I just, I don't feel like I'm finding you in this. I don't feel like I'm connecting to you by reading my Bible, but I want to. I want to feel like it's more of a conversation between us where you're telling me your great stories of old to show me your character of today. I want to know you, God. I want to know what you think. I want to know how you operate. I want to know what you think about me. I want to know what you think about circumstances in my life. I want to know how you operate in waiting. I want to know how you operate in fearful times, in doubts, in frustrations. I want to know the characters of you. Ultimately, not just to know differences between Elijah and Elisha or stories about the end times so that I'm in the know about what's to come, but more so that I can become more like you, God. You know, they always say that you will become like the person you spend the most time with. And I realize that's what I want my life to look like. I want to spend time with God when I'm reading my Bible. I don't want to be just reading it. I want it to be spending time with God. I don't even want to call it reading my Bible anymore. I want to say, you know what? I'm going to go spend time with God and sit down, open pages. If I finished only two sentences, so be it. Mission accomplished. But I don't want it to be a mission to be accomplished. I want it to be a relationship where I feel like I'm not just reading the stats of God. I'm conversating with Him. I'm getting to know Him. 
I promise you, if you sit with your Bible and allow it to pour into you, it's a completely different experience than sitting with your Bible and reading it as something on your Christian checklist or as a way to know biblical truth more. There's nothing wrong with learning biblical truth as you read your Bible. That's an important part. But when you're reading your Bible with great expectation of connecting with God, having conversation with Him from the love letter that He wrote on the pages in your Bible to you, it's going to change your outlook of what you think of God. It's changed mine. It's definitely helped me understand how forgiven I am, how loved I am, that I'm chosen, that there's a purpose, an intricate purpose for everything that happens in my life. And that He's a God that's not disappointed in me. He's not frustrated with me, but he's not weak in his attempt to get me to grow in my faith. He's adamant about it. You learn characteristics of God, the fruits of the Spirit, which are God's characteristics, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of that you see so laced throughout every story in the Bible of who God is. I don't want to be just one of those Christians that say, I know of God. I knew about God. I knew things of Christianity. I want to be someone who says, I know God. I know who he is. So when there's a circumstance in my life that is troublesome or has me doubting or has me fearful, I can look on and say, no, wait a minute. I know who God is. Wait, this doesn't sound like who God is. This isn't who he says I am in this. Wait, wait, wait. We need to regroup this. And I can regroup a whole situation in a matter of minutes knowing that, wait a minute, I know him now. Because the enemy's going to attack you. He's going to come on and try to give you different thoughts about who God is, about what he can do in your life, about what he's doing in certain circumstances that maybe aren't working out the way that you had hoped. He's going to try to frame God as, he doesn't really love you that much. He doesn't really care about what's going on in your life, does he now? But when you really know God, from knowing the way that he operates, from spending time in his word, not reading it, but allowing it to speak to you and show you the characteristics of God. When the enemy comes to attack you in that way, you're able to say, wait a minute, that's not who God is. I know him. I know his characteristics. I know how he operated in David's life, in Abraham's life, in Noah's life, in all of these situations. I know how he cared about women. I know what he thought of people who messed up but came back to the Lord asking for forgiveness. I know how he handled that. It's like someone trying to speak something negative about a family member or your best friend. And you go, no, that's not who they are. I don't, I don't believe you. I don't think they said that, or I don't think they would say that like that, (laughs) or I don't think they did that. It would be shocking to know that, you know, their character and you know that that's not them. It's the same with when you Allow your Bible to become the real love letter of God to you, showing you who He is. I don't think you could put that on a one-year plan. I think it's going to take more time than that. I think it's going to take more marinating on simple verses and stories and, and really spending time allowing it to just show you the real depths of God's heart, His purpose, His plan, and His goal for all humanity. You're in the story of the Bible. You're one of his people. So I just want to encourage you this year, take time to not read your Bible. Sit with your Bible. 
pray to God, show me what it is you want to show me today. Is there one specific thing? If not, I'm going to read a story. Maybe it'll come up later in my life of something that that, oh yeah, that characteristic of God, you showed how he was faithful to that person who was worried or doubtful. And now I have a situation that I'm in and I'm worried and doubtful. And I can remember that story because that's a characteristic of how you operate when people are worried and doubtful. Let God use the Bible to work in your life that way. It's not a to-do list. It's not something to check off at the beginning of your day or the end of your day. It's your lifeline to God. It's meant to infuse you with the knowledge of his character. So I sincerely hope that this made sense. I hope that you begin to spend time in your Bible with great expectation of getting to know him a lot better than you knew him in 2023. Well, that's it for today. I hope this episode encouraged you. If you know someone else who might benefit from anything that I said in this episode, I encourage you to share it with them. Also, of course, if you like this podcast, if you follow it and give me a star rating, it helps the podcast populate a little better so more people can hear it. So I so appreciate that. And would love also if you have a question or want to reach out to me again on any of the topics that we discuss on Revel This, you can always find me on Instagram at Revel This Podcast. I hope that you had an amazing, amazing Christmas season and that you have an awesome new year ahead. I'm praying good things for you for 2024 and looking forward to continuing to revel in the things of God with you. See you next Tuesday on the Revel This Podcast.